Hello and welcome to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast for February 26th, 2014. This is Brendan and today Tom and I are going to talk about the uh, search for income and how it's kind of continuing. Uh, A lot of investors are saying that they need to find more income and sources for it and we have an opinion on that that we're going to share today. Yeah, man's search for income continues. Yeah. Um, I, it's amazing that in conversations that we have with our clients, clients are still saying that they, Tom, you need to find us some more income. It's kind of funny because we saw an ad on, uh, on, I forget which site, uh, there was a financial site that we were on that we saw an ad for, uh, the Horizons Exchange Traded Funds, um, they had a covered call ETF. Yeah. And uh, covered calls may be appropriate for, for some clients, but they're, they may not be appropriate for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those uh, things that uh, a lot of advisors don't even consider, and that's a shame. Uh, but that's not really what we wanted to talk about. It's just now people are really scrounging around for ideas. And that's what the ad was showing. The ad was uh, this uh, older-looking woman who... Uh, was standing there and the text said uh need to find me more income like any ideas yeah so we thought that was funny because we've been hearing the same type of thing from from clients recently and we do have some ideas but they may be not what you're thinking of yeah we um, might need to change our our way of thinking a little bit here yeah um it's amazing that most advisors uh most brokers and a lot of income oriented investors are still scrounging around looking for income. And the, I think the bigger problem now is advisors have a tough sell on their hands. They've got to, uh, in some cases, convince their clients that investing and earning 1% is okay. It's not okay. It's definitely not okay. Well, and, that's what we think at least. Yeah, yeah. You, you can, you know, most times if you're paying an investment advisor, you may be paying one or two percent in fees anyway. Yeah. Why would you even do that? <laughs> yeah. So it just doesn't make sense to accept the rates where they are. And the other problem, which I think is really the, the bigger issue, Brendan, is that uh, there's still a lot of folks in and out of our industry that believe that bonds carry little to no risk and equities, stocks, are just the opposite, that they are total risks. And no, first off, nothing is ever black and white like that, but it's just a lot not. of people would have you think that way. Yeah, I, I think the problem now is that bonds are going forward. Bonds are not going to be the simple kind of conversation that they have been for the last 30 years. See, when the Fed started lowering interest rates in 1982, that set off a, 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 a series of lower and lower rates that we've seen now for 30 years. That was August 1982. We're in 2014, so we're talking 30 years. Interest rates have gone in one direction. Maybe this has been going on for so long that some people have just come to expect it as the standard. This is Yeah, this is how bonds work. It's not really how it is anymore. It really isn't, and it wasn't. This has kind of been a fluky period for more than a generation. What a lot of people overlook either because they don't know or because they choose to overlook is that bonds have a direct relationship between yields 
of bonds and bond prices have a direct relationship. It's an inverse relationship. It's an inverse <laughs> relationship. That's correct. So when, what happens is, like we've seen for the last 30 years, when interest rates, when yields go down, bond prices increase in value. So as we've seen interest rates drop over the last 30 years, bond investors have actually done pretty good. Right. Which might lead some people to think that bonds are always going to be safe. Right. Because that in, that type of in, in, in that type of environment... It appears that way, yeah, doesn't it? it? Yeah. Sure. So the, the other problem or the flip side of that argument is when interest rates rise, bonds will drop in value. Now, I want to underscore will. They will drop in value. It's not like they might drop in value. They are going to drop in value. So it's not like a stock where you can say, oh, they had a bad quarter, next quarter will be better, or they're buying back stock, or that sector has improved, or they're bringing out a new product next year and there's hope to hang on. It, it doesn't work that way. They're just, this is just math. This is really just looking at the numbers. Rates go down, your bonds are gonna go up in value. Rates go up, you're gonna lose money. You're gonna drop in value. Now, the other argument to that is, well, if I hold my bonds till maturity, I'm going to get the face value for the bonds. Yes, that's true. There's mm -hmm. no disputing that. But that final maturity may be 25 years from now. That's it tough for a lot of people to consider that they would have to hold an investment like that for its entire duration, which, like you said, could be... Two, at 2%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For and 25 years. Sure, and interest rates are going up and they're sitting in some bond at 2%. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. That's the problem now. If you're investing now, if you're looking at long-term bonds and interest rates move up over the next few years, you're locked into that bond. You're either going to have to sell it at a loss or you're going to just have to ride it out yeah. and sit with lower income than everybody else and a loss on, on paper. So it's a really tough spot to be in. The other thing that you know, we start to see rumblings in the market. We never know exactly how things are going to go. But, you know, you always, have, if as a fixed income investor, you always have to be concerned about inflation. We've been extremely lucky the last few years as the economy has really struggled. There's been no inflation. I mean, zippo. There's nothing happening in terms of inflation. Inflation is very bad for fixed income investors because just think of it on a local level. Suppose you're getting 4% on your money, got $100,000 in earning 4%. That's $4,000 a year. Your expenses last year cost you $3,000. This year they cost $3,500. Next you're year still they, getting the same you're amount. still getting the same amount of money, but everything costs more. Yep. Inflation is really bad for fixed income investors. So I know uh, we've been talking about this for a while now. Yeah. So that goes back to our, our point that maybe we need to change our thinking here a little bit when, when it comes to uh, finding more income. Right. Or this need for, for income. Like Brendan just said, we need to change the conversation and introduce the concept to investors that bonds are not the slam dunk that they have been for 30 years. Right. They're certainly going to carry way more volatility and certainly more risk. And stocks may not be the all-risky situation that they're often painted out to be. Yep. So when we do talk about...
bonds and stocks in these podcasts, you need to know that none of the securities that we mention in, the, in this podcast or any podcast represent past specific recommendations of Maluli Asset Management. And this podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any securities that we happen to mention here. And more importantly, if you're relying on a podcast for investment advice, we think you might be making a big mistake. And so we strongly urge our listeners to consult with their investment advisor before they make a decision to buy or sell any kind of investment. Now, if you don't have an investment advisor, we'd be happy to answer whatever questions you might have. Feel free to pick up the phone and call us here in New Jersey at 732-223-9000, or you can find us on the web at maluli.net. Okay, that's all we have for now. We'll be back next week with a new podcast, and thanks for listening.